everyone welcome to another episode because i don't remember what number we're up to of media made me with yours truly amelia and natasha say hello to the world hello uh welcome everyone i think this is actually episode eight i want to say oh that's a nice even number (laughs) you just sounded like an exotic bird (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) um yes and what is today's topic, Smelly? It is relationships. I just thought because we did friendships last week, let's mm. just let's just keep going. Let's talk about more human connection that we can't currently have because where are we? In stage four lockdown. Yes, and not just any relationships. So we are talking like romantic relationships. Yes. Which I had to specify with you. We do have to specify that because I forgot to. Mm. So, but before we get started, as always, what have you been consuming this week? Look, a lot, but nothing really feels particularly noteworthy, to be honest. Um, The only thing I kind of wanted to discuss with you, which we haven't really spoken about, is folklore. Ah, yeah, I love that shit. It's good. I enjoyed it. She's grown up. I think that's what it is. Mm. Like, I think she's not doing, like, the bubblegum poppy stuff anymore. Mm. And I'm always like, like, oh, my God, this is her best stuff. But, like, this is pretty good shit. Like, I mm. feel like every time I've played it in the car or anything like that, people are like, oh, what's this? Without just, like, jumping the gun and being like, oh, it's another Taylor Swift song sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Not that they should think that anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think it's definitely an album that reflects the time really well, which I think all good music does. Um, Like it's a bit of a time capsule in that way. And I really enjoyed it. I listened to it quite a bit when it first came out, but then I stopped. And I think it's quite funny because the last time we recorded, we were like carrying on about how Taylor Swift did this massive countdown and nothing happened. Um, And then, yeah, (laughs) and I swear that it was that, it was that night. Yes. (laughs) Three minutes after it was posted, I had the feeling to go on Instagram. I think I'm just always on there. And I called you five times to the point my phone died and I called you off mum's phone and you still wouldn't answer. And I was, I had to go to work the next day. I text my manager and I was like, I'm not going to be okay tomorrow. Like I listened to it on the way home from work. Cause usually like when this sort of stuff, like a new album comes out, I like to go for a drive. I like to see what's going on. Mm. I like to get a feel of it, but nah, I just, it was pretty boring. I, I had to li- like, I always like listening to albums from start to finish yeah. And the reason I didn't answer is because I was asleep. Like you were calling was, quite, like night, quite late. No, it was, it was 11 o'clock at night in my defence, which is very late for you because yes. you're in bed at like 10. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I definitely am not looking at the phone at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you got up to this week? I actually also watched the season two premiere of The Umbrella Academy that's on Netflix mm-hmm. and... I loved it. I don't... You haven't seen it, have you? I haven't seen any of The Umbrella Academy. I thought season one was good. And I think season one was good because it was different. It was a mix of characters. It was a really good adaptation. And, like, I just... it was The thing is with Netflix shows, there's such a big hype for, like, ten minutes. And then you don't hear about them for a year. So, like, I actually totally forgot it was coming back until they had, like, a mini trailer, isolated trailer sort of thing. Season two, I felt like, was very better than season one. I think they found the characters that they wanted to play with more and less. And I I think one thing is a lot of shows go by popularity. So they show a lot of 
characters. So they kind of just put some in the background and then like heightened more just because like they're getting them like a lot of attention from the audience. But I think in Grella Academy in the season two, they went, okay, what didn't work about said character in season one and how can we make them appeal to the audience more? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is really good. And I think with like that sort of stuff, I don't know. I just think there's nothing else like that out, out at the moment. And I think, I don't know why we didn't discuss it in family. I should have gotten you tortured for that episode. Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching it. And I think it was the first kind of TV series in a while that I like put my phone away, put my laptop away and just sat and watched it. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, so it was really fun. I enjoyed it. And what do you think about Instagram's attempt to compete with TikTok via its new feature of Reels? What the fuck is that? <laughs> so Instagram have unveiled something called Reels, so R-E-E-L-S, like film yeah. Reels. I think they're trying to copy that from... Yes, I know. I was about to say they've um, got to talk to you about it. So oh, it's a new feature money? inbuilt to Instagram that I think is meant to compete with TikTok. Yeah, because I think as well, like, don't ask me the full politics of it, but Donald Trump was going to ban TikTok because he claimed that China was trying to steal their information. However, I think he's just super pissy because the banned BTS organized on TikTok for people to purchase Trump's rally tickets, but then no one showed up. Mm, mm. So the arena looked absolutely empty, and I think he's still pissy off that. Okay. So you think that Trump would be in support of Instagram's new feature, or do you think it's it's just weird timing now that this is happening? I think Instagram heard of the chance and took it. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. They're like, oh, TikTok's out of the way. Let's do this. Let's okay. be the next TikTok. But also it might have, they might have had this in the works for a while. I don't know how long it takes to turn around something like that in Instagram. I don't know how coding works. Either do I. I mean, I don't love this new feature, to be honest, because I feel like I've just made a, like a tiny bit of peace with my relationship with Instagram and now they've included this new shit and I'm like, no. <laughs> um, Calm down, please. Yeah, like I was okay and I'm not – I don't have anything against TikTok personally. I just – I don't use it. So I just feel like I like my platforms. Although having said that, like I liked Instagram Story, which I think was definitely something that was kind of taken from Snapchat but, yeah, I'm not crazy on this because I don't feel like I want to see other people's – well, I don't want to use it and I don't want to see other people use it. Is that, that's, that's just really enough. selfish. <laughs> Change is always a really think weird thing on social media because it takes, like, such an easy point to be like, oh, my God, I don't like this. What the fuck is this? Da-da-da-da-da. And then it takes two other quick seconds of a turnaround to be like, oh, I'm used to it now. All right, let's start, shall we? Mm-hmm. In terms of romantic relationships, let's start with an easy one. Like three favorite relationships you have in the media. I actually found this whole topic really difficult. So did I. Like I was stressed <laughs> if it was the questions and then I was like, no, it's, I think there's just either too much or too little to discuss because I feel like it just, I felt like I was personally going around in circles. Yes, and I think the questions are great. I, I don't I think you've done a great job there. I don't know. I feel like like you said, I think there's a lot to discuss because I actually feel like what came out of me thinking about this was a deep seated societal 
I think I had the same sort of thing. Like crises almost. And you and I aren't very romantic people. Not at all, no. (laughs) So, yeah, I kind of felt like I was thinking about romance as depicted in media and then what kind of came out of it was a real issue that we have as a society with prioritising romance and how the media has fueled that. That, wait till we get to question three, bitch boy. Ho ho. Okay. I didn't mean to call you bitch boy. That's all right. I'm fine with it and I'm, we're, we're fired up. So let's We're talk. fired up. We're, we've got emotions. <laughs> Not um, romantic ones, but. <laughs> yeah. So favourite relationships in the media. The first one I had was Jake Peralta and Amy Santiago. Yeah, that's a good one. And then when I did think of this, I was like, fuck, as if I didn't think of this sooner. Um, So it's two played by the same characters. So Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. And then Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in one of my favourite films of all time, You've Got Mail. So they're the ones I had. And obviously, like, Jake Peralta and Amy Santiago have a much more contemporary romantic relationship going on and whilst their relationship is a part of the show it's not a huge focus of the show whereas Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan those films build towards this romantic crescendo between the two of them well who did you have I could only think of two because I think every time I thought of a relationship I was like no that's that's I'll like I'll get into it more later but I was just like no there's something like wrong with that like I can't so I got two Mm -hmm. I got Kind of two ends of the scale. I got Sokka and Suki from Avatar The Last Airbender. I know I said Sokka and Zuko last week because friendships. Yeah, because I just think they're very good at supporting each other. Yeah. Very, and that's, yeah, that's all I got. And then I had Fleabag and the Hot Priest. <laughs> okay. Because that was so enjoyable to watch. That was chaos and I loved it. You enjoyed, that sounds stressful to me. Like, what do you mean that was chaos and you loved it? I think it was just Fleabag's really, really good at being such a cringeworthy show, but at the same time, I think with comedy, it's really good at making you put yourself in a position that you wouldn't want to be in, but, like, you want to see what happens next. Mm -hmm. And I think with these two extremes of Fleabag being such a openly sexual woman who doesn't love talking about her feelings, and then you've got a priest who pledges abstinence and is, like, trying to get her to talk all the time, and there's tension between them, and the banter and the comedy and all that sort of stuff there I thought was really, like, interesting and I thought there were really good characters paired between each other. Mm-hmm. So growing up and even now, mm-hmm. do you think healthy relationships are portrayed to you in the media? Uh, no. So growing up, I feel like it was a very heterosexual, non-interracial situation portrayed yeah. to me on TV. Sometimes you might have a divorced parent, a widowed parent. Um, but I think that was kind of as like, you know, alternative as it got. <laughs> I really couldn't think of anything. And I, I didn't know if that was because we view relationships so differently now. And I feel like a bit of a, um, yeah. And I think I didn't question them at the time. Like I just kind of thought it was all good. And I think, you know, growing up when I did on you know, 90s sitcoms, there was very much that dynamic of the dad and the mum was kind of the butt of the jokes. And I don't think I really agreed with it. But then having said that, that was kind of our experience at home as well. Kind of that really traditional 
set up. So that was kind of the relationship I saw modelled in front of me and the relationship I saw on TV. Poor mum. We're always making fun of her. What yeah, no, you? I certainly see that. Um, I took a bit of a different route towards it. I just said most things, especially growing up, and I think still now, as a teenager, the relationships were quite, I would consider, toxic. Like, there was always the girl putting herself out to please the guy. There was, what did I watch recently? I watched, so The Kissing Booth 2 came out, absolute trash, but I did it anyway. And, like, the first movie is, like, that fantasy of a bad boy and this girl who's smart and intelligent or whatever, um, like, trying to change him for the better. And I think it was just a lot of that growing up. Yeah. And I think then people, as much as they don't want to admit it, like, I see it all the time, they'll try and take that into their own relationships or date people that they think they can change or fix for the better. And I don't think it just stops in the teen movies. I think it's like, keeps going. Like, you think about, what's that movie with Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew McConaughey, Out to Lunch, where she literally, like, the parents literally hire her or something to make him grow up. Failure to launch. Launch, not lunch. (laughs) Yeah, is it failure to launch? And then there's that other one... Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, and I just feel like a lot of films and TV shows are like that. It's always the woman coming in to fix the man emotionally and his acts and all that sort of stuff. And I think there's this romanticised thing about how these bad traits and how men shouldn't treat women are romanticised. I do see that. I see that I th- I see that specifically, like, speaking of Matthew McConaughey, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, great film. But he's kind of such a dick and then he does one nice thing and it's like, oh, yeah, cool. Redemption Um, arc. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I totally see where you're coming from with that. And I think – but this is where I think it gets really blurry because I think this whole idea of women as saviours or that, you know, I think there is this real concern – of mine basically that it's like when you have kids then you know your husband just becomes another child that you take care of and I I even feel like you see that in like all those um cough syrup ads like everyone in the family's sick except for the mum yeah and I feel like sometimes I get this situation like sometimes you're gonna have characters based on those sorts of negative traits but I just don't feel like if you're like, hypothetically, you could have something like Euphoria. I'm not really super into the series, but, like, there's clearly a lot of selfish negative characters in there and, like, girls are trying to, like, stick up for their boyfriends and all that sort of stuff. But that show is meant to be a toxic area where they all figure themselves out and it's meant to be a dark show. It's not meant to be a happy ending. But I feel like with these movies, like, especially aimed at, like, kids... Well, <laughs> this is a really bad example, but a high school musical, like... Gabriella just forgave Troy like that. What was that about? Well, even like um, at the end of Friends, like Rachel, she's meant to be going to That's work. That's another from... one I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, Rachel was meant to work in Paris. And what the fuck happened there? Yeah, like Ross was like, you know, whereas he probably could have moved. I don't even know if they were, because, you know, you've written here, like, do, do you think these relationships were positively promoted? I guess perhaps there was just like a lack of questioning about these relationships. Yeah, I can definitely say that. It was no, it was rather like, oh, well, we just won't worry about it rather than someone turning around and saying, like, oh, Rachel, why did you let Ross make you stay in New York? 
Yeah, I think I'm just mainly thinking of um, when I say like po- positively portrayed. I think I'm just thinking of these like bad boys who just have no respect for anything, and then this woman comes in to save them, and then they're like, "Yep, that's the way it should be. That's the way things are meant to happen." Yeah, absolutely. And then I think there's this like you know a lot of the time in in movies, the other positive portrayal is that the guy is sometimes not as smart as the girl. Um, yeah, and she's not as good looking as him, perhaps. And then we have a bit of a makeover, and he's like, "Oh, you were really nice, and now you're hot. So that's great." <laughs> like, <gasps> oh my god, I actually had another one written down. I think it was Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. And like, I know it's a, I know it's a young people's film. I yes. know it's meant to be a bit silly, but when you're at the bright age of fourteen and you think that's gonna happen to me. Going behind someone's back and pulling all these pranks and tricks and then throwing your best friends out the window on the way there and manipulating all these people, essentially, not great. And then it wasn't great from Robbie's end either. And then it was like, oh, they worked out in the end because, like, they loved each other and, like, all this other stuff. It's like, no, that needs to be a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there is also this bit of um, collateral damage that happens with these relationships that they're not yeah like friends go out the window or school goes out the window or your career goes out the window to make this kind of like romantic situation you know work for lack of a better term Um, yeah that was like um I remember it was like a year or something ago I saw an article and it was like when are we going to start talking about when Andy and the devil was where's Prada was made feel guilty because, like, Nate didn't want her to work as much. Yeah. Like, silly. Absolutely silly. You know, this kind of goes on to your next question. So it's like, well, why do you think that love is a priority when it comes to the outcome of a story? I don't know. People are stupid. Um, <laughs> I think it's an easy appeal and an easy way out. Like, as you said, sometimes people just get lazy and they're like, let's just throw a girl in there. Or, like, mm. let's just throw a love interest in there. Does Like whatever they're into i think they they do need to change this otherwise they're going to be left behind in the content they're making because mm. it yeah. also i think needs to start a conversation of what people pick as their priorities in their own lives because i think if we're only showing one perspective here what um, do you think we've spoken before like i think you and i are very much well i definitely was that disney princess era i think a lot of the media that we consumed as really little girls fed this idea that you grow up and you find a man. I think it's just really entrenched in society that women, men, everyone's incomplete until they have found their other. Yeah. You think of all these songs that are like, you know, remember the Spice Girls classic, Two Becomes One. And then I was reading the thing today that it was about why America, because I did a bit of research because it was like why American culture is so caught up with this idea of romance yeah and it was saying like even the greek philosopher plato was telling this story of how there were these beings and they were cut in half like i don't know why they were cut in half and then they kind of turned to each other and then in order to be whole again they needed to find their soulmate that kind of matched and fulfilled that and i think that it's just like this bullshit narrative that we are continually told inside and outside of media that in order to grow up you need to settle down 
you need a hundred percent there's just a lot of pressure you know when are you going to have a family or are you seeing someone like no but you don't meet someone say do you have any friends like it's always you I'm gonna start doing that. Yeah, I'm gonna always, be like, who are your friends? Tell who me. Who are your friends? Not like, are you seeing anyone at the moment? Or um, I think a big one as well. I don't know. I've personally copped, and I know my friends have copped. Is where's your partner tonight? Yep. And it's like I'm here. And that's and that's the another thing I know. Often in you know, if a guy asks you out whether you have one or not, the easiest response is to say like, oh, I've got a boyfriend. That's a full sentence. I'm shaking my head right now. (laughs) Yeah, like that's a full sentence as opposed to like, no, you know? And I think, I also think, you know, when it comes to a story, the other reason that romantic relationships resonate, whether it's escapism or whatever, is just like that point that they become together is a good point for the movie to end. Yeah. What would you like to see more from the media of in terms of how relationships portrayed? Um, I think I would just love to see a lot more diversity in relationships. I mm-hmm. think just a lot of more normality. I think it's getting better. Don't get me wrong. I think there's a lot of like, we have a token gay couple. Everyone look, look yeah. at this token gay couple we have. Instead of just like, oh, cool. There's Marnie. And her girlfriend, who we've known for years, and they're normal people. Mm. Yeah, like not obviously, like just just make it like put it out there, and it will, it will become its own conversation. Mm. Like, don't force it. Like, I think same sort of thing to Beauty and the Beast. Like the recent one they made, they made LeFou gay, and then there was like all this hype about it, and then at the end he danced with the man in the final dance, mm. and here they were like, look, this is the only two men couple we have dancing. Mm. Yeah. Look at that. That's crazy. That's wild. I think, yeah, I think we just need a bit more normality in that. And I think, but I also said I would like to see more depiction and discussion of mental health within relationships. I think there's a lot of like, you're having a bad day stuff, but I think sometimes it's either, I don't know, I feel like it's really thrown away when it comes to this sort of stuff mm-hmm. in terms of relationships. And I think, again, just, like, having that normality can start a conversation without even, like, saying anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. What did you think? Yeah. I had, again, just lots of different types of relationships. Um, I just feel like a lot of the uglier side of relationships could be shown to normalise it. I think one of the things that I think is the most concerning about relationships in the media or not relationships is actually how sex and sex scenes are depicted i just feel like that i mean i'm not even going to talk about porn i feel like that's a whole other situation but i feel like the way that sex is depicted in the sense that you're like totally in love with someone or you're having some scuzzy one night stand or the way that men are depicted because they're having lots of sex versus how women are depicted because they're having lots of sex Um, and all the different ways that you can have sex and how messy and ugly sex is doesn't really cut it when you've got like two really hot body doubles doing in sync perfect somersaults under the sheets like (laughs) I just feel like there's could you imagine like I'm just imagining like some director and like somersault again yeah like twirl 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 it's like a sims woohoo session yeah like it just reminds me of that you know that couple the body double couple who meet in love actually is something I'm like, I don't know, has anyone ever had their period in a movie ever? Probably not. 
Okay. Unless it's for com- comedic relief. And even then... Yeah, like, I just feel like that is really just neat. And, and even the way that's depicted and how fights are depicted, like, everything's so neat. Like, people just get into a fight. One of them goes for a walk around New York. Um, but it's <laughs> like you scream and then you don't talk for a few days. I just have like this image of like you have a fight anywhere in the world with your partner and you walk outside and you just calmly and it's walk just around. New York. New it's York. just New York. Like you can only get there if you have a fight. And I don't I don't necessarily I'm not saying that it should all be shit all the time because I understand that media is a form of escapism. Yeah. Um and I totally get that and perhaps books are better at depicting that like nitty-gritty situation unlike you and I recently watched the new season of Queer Eye together and there was that couple the dog groomer and she had that really uncomfortable conversation with her boyfriend and that was really uncomfortable to watch that was that was uncomfortable to watch I did not like that at all perhaps like the more ugly and uncomfortable sides of relationships Um, they're very extremist with relationships aren't they they're either deeply in love or whatever but they're not there's always issues that come with relationships don't get me wrong but I just think I don't know they just they're all fantasized like I just feel like anyone any fight they have in a film in like Hollywood or in TV it's like oh someone's gonna storm out I don't know maybe we have more time or if people are interested maybe compare next time you're watching something from a very western to i don't know any well, not western stuff like see what the differences are in relationships like a non-hollywood no a non-hollywood-esque sort of piece of media because it'd be really interesting to see like how this sort of stuff is portrayed and is it because hollywood are feeding into this idea and the fantasy and feeding it feeding into that concern per se that natasha you were talking about before So dream casting. This was hard. It was really hard. I picked Dirty Dancing today, and I tell you why I picked it. I picked it because they're doing all redoing all the '80s shit anyway. So it's not shit. I shouldn't say that '80s films. You you have my heart, but like, I think they're they're gonna. It's the most obvious choice to redo, especially with new generations and that okay. sort of stuff. Yeah. So. Who did you... I only did the two mains because I haven't watched that movie in a very long time. Oh, I so really I did Baby, Penny, Johnny, The Mum and the Dad. All right. Well, you go first because you've got more of a list than me. Well, maybe I'll just say who I said... So you just picked Baby and Johnny. Yeah, because I just... I remember the sister was jealous. I didn't, I didn't do the sister. So maybe I'll do the Mum, Dad and Penny and then you can tell... Then we'll both do Baby and Johnny. All right, go for it. Okay. So for the dad, Jake, I had Javier Bardem. I thought, yeah. The mum, Marjorie, I picked Nicole Kidman. Okay. I'm really into Nicole Kidman at the moment. Have you been watching something with Nicole Kidman? I watched one episode of Big Little Lies. I don't think I'll be continuing. Okay. But I really, I haven't actually seen her in much and I really enjoyed it. I thought she was very good. And then I got very into watching interviews with her on talk shows. Now, Penny, okay, I had two. I had Mila Kunis mm-hmm. or Ashley Tisdale. I think Ashley Tisdale would play a very good Penny. Yep, she can dance, as we know, and I feel like she's got that real level of chutzpah that we need from Penny. Chutzpah. What a woman. Now, tell me, who did you have for Johnny? I feel like there's only one choice. What, what did you buy Pablo Pascal again? <laughs> no, I didn't have Pedro Pascal again. 
Pablo Pascal. I'm so sorry. I think I was thinking of Pablo Escobar when he plays in Narcos. So who did you pick for Johnny? I had Charles Melton. I don't even know who that is. Google him as we speak. Did you have Zac Efron? Can Abs- I guess? Absolutely, I did. He's not coming back to acting, though. I wasn't I mean, aware it's, of it's, that. It's a dream casting. I'll let the slide, actually. But yes, from all the news outlets, apparently the man is not going back to Hollywood. Well, the reason I picked Zach is because he can dance, obviously. Yeah. Also, Johnny is a bit older, a bit more experienced, <laughs> rougher. So your mate Charles looks very clean cut. I just, I didn't know how old Johnny was. I thought Johnny was... Well, it's not that he's, like, I don't know how old he is either, but he's got a life experience from working at the resort. <laughs> That needs to be <laughs> that needs to be contrasted with baby's naivety. What a hard life working at a resort. Like, well, he has had quite the Such hard life. Such bad customer service has gotten to him. So you obviously the abuse. Think Charles Melton is yeah okay. I just thought he was a fit young man, someone new, someone fresh. He looks like he can dance. Yeah, you brought me someone you don't even know can dance. <laughs> I don't. I picked I all my characters based on who can dance. I think maybe I've disrespected the craft of dancing. I just thought because with something like dirty dancing, you don't wanna you don't wanna offend it. So I thought if we brought new people in. Okay, all right. And now who did you have for baby? And then in saying that I had Zendaya. <laughs> okay. I nearly picked Zendaya, but I was like, Zendaya and Zach, is that too much of a classic combo? Because obviously they've worked together in the greatest showman. Yeah. Which I haven't seen. I just know. Okay. Oh, it's coming to Disney Plus soon. I won't be watching it. Oh, my goodness. Hugh Jackman. Mum will be upset. Well, I nearly put Hugh Jackman down as the dad. But the whole point is that the dad is against dance. So so for baby. Yeah, who'd you have? I had two again. And the only reason I picked a second one is because I think my first choice is too old. Okay. Who's baby? I had Selena Gomez. Oh, but she's got that, like, innocence. Yes, exactly. Oh, baby. Exactly. And the other person I had, who I seem to pick a lot, a lot, is Hayley Steinfeld. I think I struggle with her personally. I really like her. I used to not like her. I don't know why. I think because she had that bad song out I didn't like. Maybe that's it. I'm really sorry about the flashlight song, Hayley. That probably wasn't your fault. Yeah, and that weird... Okay, so she's had multiple bad songs because that's not what I was thinking of. But the one... I really liked her in The Edge of Seventeen. I have not seen that. That's with Woody Harrelson, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good movie. I mean, she's a bit of a brat, but she's all, Nadine, her character is also going through a hard time. So, you know, we'll forgive her that. So I thought Hayley would be good because she knows how to dance according to Google. <laughs> she knows how to dance according to Google. Yeah, and? She's, she's younger. Yeah. Because, like, Jennifer Grey and Patrick, like, they had that, dare I say, that kind of paternal thing happening. Yeah, but I think that's something we can prevent in the next film. I think Selena Gomez was the better choice. I actually personally don't love Dirty Dancing as a film. I just like the lift. Oh, yeah. My favourite scene is when she... Like, I actually find Baby really annoying. I love Penny and Johnny. Because they dance. They just dance. Maybe... Yeah, maybe Selena could be Penny. I think... I don't know. I just think they just seem like a good combination of people. Who? Well, hang on. Maybe Haley would be better because she'd be look like a better sister to um, Ashley Tisdale. They're not sisters. 
Penny's the blonde chick. She's the other dance instructor and she gets the abortion and Johnny takes care of her. I do not remember this film. Yeah, and then she turns up and she's like, I carried a watermelon. And Johnny thinks that she's really, like, annoying. And then, Oh, that's right. And then doesn't Baby think she's cheating on her, cheating on him with her or something? She's threatened by Penny, but she just... That's, like, she's not a good woman. Baby is not a good woman at the start of that film. She doesn't get other women. She's too focused on just, you know, she's a real rich kid. That would make sense with Selena Gomez then. No, I'm going back to Selena. Yep. No, I think you've got a good list there. Now, we always forget our recommendations. Do you have any? I have some this week. Oh, go. Okay, I have three. I have Lovesick that is on Netflix that was formerly called Scrotal Recall. Okay. It is about a gentleman that gets chlamydia and he backtracks through all his ex-girlfriends to see where he got it from. Okay. And it's like it back jumps in time, but I think it's a really good show to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I did La La Land in terms of relationships mm-hmm. because I feel like that's very realistic in terms of the ending. Um and then I had Top End Wedding, which I watched on Netflix a few weeks ago, which I just thought was fun. I just thought it was a bit fun. And Australia is beautiful in that film. So please go support the industry. What did you have? I don't have any related to our topic. Girlfriends of girl, Girls of what? The what? <gasps> Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. That's a great film. Um, Love, Simon. I just got reminded of that when you said Love Sick. I really enjoyed Love, Simon as well. well they've um, got the new TV show out. As well. Does it? Yeah. It's on Hulu. I have the romantic comedy tastes of a 50 to 65-year-old woman. So besides You've Got Mail and Sleepless in Seattle, I would really recommend It's Complicated with Alec Baldwin, Steve Martin and Meryl Streep. Um, That is a fantastic film, though. One of my favourite films of all time. So they would be my recommendations. That's like the big wedding. Yeah, yeah, that is a good movie too. When we hit menopause, we're going to be right there. Ah, perfect. All right. I'm looking out for you. (laughs) Uh, We'll see you next week. Bye.